0: On April 23, 2006, a young boy knocked on the door of his best friend, Jacob. They were eight. No one answered, so he peeked in the basement window to see if he could find his pal and saw what looked like a body. He ran home in terror and told his mother, who called the police. The police came to the home and discovered three bodies. Deborah and Mark Richardson had both been stabbed in the basement An 8-year-old Jacob had been murdered in his bed. 12-year-old Jasmine was missing. The police expected the worst, that she had been kidnapped. Little did they know the worst was so much worse than that. This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's going great.
1: Except my neighbor's dog barked all night last night. So, a little pissed about that. And a little tired, yeah. <laughs> frankly, because yeah. it's hard to sleep. What is with people leaving? He's a little terrier.
0: And oh, he's gosh.
1: Just barking his guts out all night. Like, mm-hmm. were they not home? How
0: did they not notice this? Right. The entire neighborhood noticed this. He was probably scared. Also, it's almost the 4th of July, bro. You don't leave your dogs outside overnight.
1: Right. And there were a bunch of fireworks last night. We I'm were sitting sure. around our, our fireball last night. And they were going off and our little dog Zizi hates them. And she kept running over to us to, mm-hmm. to make sure she was safe because she does mm-hmm. not like fireworks.
0: This is the time of year for me as an animal communicator that I just dread because yeah. I know I am just due for a bunch of calls from people who can't find their pets. Yeah. Because they get so freaked out by the fireworks. It's awful. I just hate yeah. it. And yes, sometimes they is. get them back and sometimes they don't. Right keep them in they it's this is not a safe time for animals to be outside unless you're Mm -hmm. with them know what's going on etc yeah absolutely absolutely
1: well I don't know what's going on over there but it might warrant a knock on the door which I hate doing but well
0: we can't can't do another night like that okay but to me I would much rather a neighbor knock on the door and say, I don't know if you know this, but your dog barked all night long and we couldn't sleep and it was a bit of a nightmare than just calling the police. Right. Because that's what most people will do. Yes. And that's such a hard line when you have pets and you're calling the police. Like, it's just, it's all very hard. I would much rather a neighbor that just knocks on the door and says, hey guys, just FYI, this was way bad. Yeah. Because maybe they just don't know.
1: Right. I don't know how they could not know. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure makes you <laughs> but, wonder if true. they weren't home. But yes, yeah.
1: it does make me wonder because I don't know. But I mean, he's mm-hmm. still out there, just barking his brains out.
0: Oh my lord!
1: So I don't know, but yeah,
0: it's true. Hopefully because everybody's we... okay over there. Well, hopefully,
1: that's that's a that's a thought. That's a true crying <laughs> thought. I know. <laughs> You better knock yeah.
0: on the door, and peek in the windows and stuff.
1: Or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I just don't do any of those
0: things. <laughs> well, I've got him, freaked you out. Sorry about that. Put myself right in the middle of my own case here. That's where my true crimer's brain goes, for right? sure. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. This is Monday. Yes, it is. Full disclosure, we are recording on Thursday. Uh, because we're going to go party for the weekend to celebrate my birthday. Yes, we are. You're going to have a whole birthday weekend. I know. I'm so excited. We are going to have a blast. I can't wait. It's going to be really hot. We're going to Boise. It's going to be super hot. But we'll live. That just means lots of Dutch bros, right? Yes, lots and lots of Dutch bros. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Iced coffee for those
1: of you not in the know.
0: We'll be double fisted in iced coffee for the whole weekend. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Well, we are happy to be kicking off Monday with a brand new episode, of course. And so, Christy, I'm going to turn the mic over to you for our first segment, which is racial injustice. All right.
1: You know, I'm getting concerned that the police in the U.S. are not learning anything. About the issues that have happened in the last several years and have been going on forever, but have really mm-hmm. had a lot of um, attention in the last few, because they just keep doing horrendous stuff. Which tells me that there are a lot of bad cops out there. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Because this happened. This is sort. This is racial injustice slash Florida man, and and that's a bad combo. Let me just mm-hmm. say. So, this happened in Florida, of course, uh, in North Miami Beach. Um, Gerard Nicholas was on his way to work when he got pulled over. And uh, he uh, filmed the interaction that he had with the police officer Mm -hmm. wisely. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, gosh,
0: some phones even have a function now, you know, and, and cars that you can...
1: Yeah, just immediately start recording. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is really good. Yeah. So he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. Okay. That's what you you get pulled over for stuff like that, right? Sure. So the officer, of course, give me a driver's license, registration, and insurance is what the officer says in the Mm -hmm. video. If not, you will not be going to work today. Simple thing, man. This is how you guys get killed out here. Holy shit. Yeah. So Nicholas said, I was scared. I didn't think my life was going to make it. Mm -hmm. When he asked for my license, opened the door, I started recording. I was looking for my stuff, my license, because I didn't see my wallet. Mm -hmm. I was looking for my wallet, and that wasn't my car. That was my mom's car, and I didn't know where the registration was. I was looking and looking, and he got mad. But he friggin' says, simple thing, this is how you guys get killed out here, man.
0: Holy My crap. God. Over a seatbelt. Over
1: a seatbelt ticket, and him just trying to find the stuff the cop asked him for. Right. You know? So the Miami Dade Police Department, quick to smooth it over, says um, that they have immediately initiated an internal affairs investigation to review over 30 minutes of footage captured on the officer's body worn camera. 30 minutes. Why did this take 30 minutes? It was a seatbelt ticket. Um, Other than maybe just because the guy couldn't find his stuff. I don't know. But they say, rest assured, we are committed to transparency and community trust, and we will address all matters of public concern equitably, fairly, and in in accordance with applicable laws. Like,
0: totally, Uh dude.
1: As Uh, if. Because this got
0: recorded and posted on social media? Okay.
1: Right. Why are you employing this guy to begin with? He mm-hmm. is currently on desk duty, which of course means he's still working and still getting paid getting during paid. this time. Yeah. Even though there's double video of this incident. It's not mm-hmm. like a big secret what happened
0: mm-hmm. because
1: his body cam recorded it. And so did uh, the poor guy that got pulled over. Yeah. So bullshit all around. Yeah. What the hell? You know, Why? Why? Are they still being yeah. employing people like this? Yeah. This is such a systemic issue. And when mm-hmm. you see stuff like this still happening after George Floyd, mm-hmm. you know, after all of the shit that's mm-hmm. happened, you go, yeah, they're mm-hmm. not trying to change.
0: I'm not. No. So, no, in this instance, it's only because he recorded it and posted it, right? And, and they had pressure. Because public pressure is the only thing that's causing any change whatsoever. Right, right. Or even just you know, on his own body cam,
1: no one would yeah. have said a word about that. No. Uh-uh. It's horrendous. I mean, what a threat
0: to that a that So much just worse trying to find every his day. freaking
1: registration. <laughs>
0: like, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm glad at least that no one was hurt. Mm-hmm. But it certainly shows the attitude that is not getting better. Yeah. That's really frustrating. Yes,
0: it is. And concerning.
1: It is. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that, let you know what else comes down on it, if anything, probably not. Uh, And in the meantime, I'm going to kick the mic back to you for our main case. Okay.
0: (laughs) What would you do if your 12-year-old daughter started dating a 23-year-old?
1: Call the police? (laughs) That would be one thought. Tell the kid to stay away, and if not, I'm calling the cops and and mean it? Holy cow.
0: Yeah. Well, that is what this family in Canada was faced with in 2005. Their daughter, Jasmine, went to a concert, a punk rock concert, and met a guy that she started talking to. His name was Jeremy Steinke. And Jeremy and Jasmine... Uh, Jasmine was young, you know, and, and really too, way too young, obviously, 20. but also really uh, easily influenced. Okay. And she was somehow really starstruck by Jeremy. And Jeremy had her convinced that he was a 300-year-old werewolf. What? Oh, my God. He had a profile on a vampire's site. Oh, well, that legit makes it true. Mm. On the vampire started, site. Right? And they started IMing each other back and forth a lot. And essentially, it boiled down to them deciding that they were in love. Oh, boy. And so they started meeting up at the mall. Because, you know, Jasmine correctly assumed that her parents would not be having this shit. Uh, Yeah. And she started to uh, transition from a sweet 12-year-old to a kind of a scary goth kid. Not that goth people are necessarily scary, but she went from this to this, dyeing her hair darker, wearing super heavy makeup, lots of black clothes, black fingernail polish, and again... People that dress like that and stuff, they aren't criminals by nature, you know. But uh, no, unless they're holding a pistol, like in that it, picture. Yeah.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah. But in this case, you know, things were, they got scary kind of fast. Sounds like. It. And yes, so they were talking on a goth social network called vampirefreaks.com. Oh,
1: vampirefreaks.com. Of course.
0: Her handle or username was runawaydevil it was soul eater
1: oh yikes i mean i think i can i think i can predict this entire story mm-hmm.
0: based on those two usernames
1: mm-hmm. holy cow yep
0: so her parents started monitoring their daughter's web chats because she was just acting weird af right yeah. and had just changed so much so fast so they discovered that they were IMing and they were not having it, so they grounded her. Well, she still managed to start sneaking out at the mall and to see him, and he was still slipping her love notes via email. Uh, one of the emails said, You were a sight for sore eyes, and I miss you more than killing people. Can we get together and kill people? <laughs> yeah. So then her parents uh, found that email. So they decided to take away her computer entirely and start going to counseling. So they started going to family therapy and she acted like she was doing better and maybe kind of moving past this phase. So they gave her back her computer and said, no more talking to older guys online. Well, huge mistake. She immediately went back to talking to older guys online. Of course. And Things got really serious really fast. Uh, he posted, let's see, let me find it. I have lots of notes here from a few different sites, of course. He had posted on his page, on, on his uh, Vampire Network page, a post about basically, you know, that he'll, he will get his vengeance. And that their blood would be his vengeance. Oh. But police actually say it was her that hatched the master plan. She sent him an email. And in the email, she said, I have a plan that starts with us killing them and me living with you. And he writes her back and says, I like your plan but we're going to have to work out the details.
1: Holy hell.
0: So here's what we know. Parents were murdered and her little brother. We know this happened in Medicine Hat, uh, Canada, by the way. So her parents were murdered and her little brother was murdered. The way it happened is that, or the way that it was found, is that there was a little boy who came over to play with her brother who saw dead bodies in the window. I don't know. And ran home and got mom. She called the police. The police came. Deborah and Mark, the parents, were found in the basement. Mark had 24 stab wounds. Whoa. And Deborah had 12. Oh, my God. So then they went upstairs, and they found Jacob, the 8-year-old son, in his bed with his throat slashed and also had been stabbed multiple times jesus christ but investigators noticed a family photo with a picture of jasmine and realized they were missing a family member oh, no. and so initially first yeah they issued an amber alert which i thought was interesting because in the u.s there would not be an amber alert this would not have fit the criteria because they didn't know who took her. But obviously Canada, maybe they have a little better Amber Alert system. Canada, right?
1: Canada is frequently smarter than we are in the U.S. I'm mm-hmm. just going to put that out there. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they don't mm-hmm. hobble themselves nearly as much as oh, we do. Well.
0: Oh, you might not agree with that after this no. is over. but oh, okay. <laughs> I just mean in the, in, in the realm of an yeah. Amber
1: Alert. like
0: Yes, for sure. Just so a issue... missing child is enough. That's good yeah so they issue an amber alert and a day later they get a tip from someone who claims to be one of jasmine and jeremy's friends and he says that they were at a party the night before with them Mm -hmm. and they were bragging about killing her parents they all and that steinke had uh been bragging that he gutted them like fish which, for the record, wasn't actually true. He stabbed them a lot of times, but gutted them, no. But Ugh, really? Awful and then some of Jasmine's friends started coming forward saying that she'd been telling them that she and Jeremy had a plan to murder her parents. They just didn't think it was true. She'd just gotten weird and was talking weird shit, and they just didn't think that was actually going to happen. Well, it did happen. So then the police start looking At her as a suspect and start looking uh through her stuff and her computer and discovering that they had a plan so they catch them trying to escape in a pickup driven by another friend they had gotten about 80 miles to leader saskatchewan and jasmine tells the police that she was just (coughs) desperately unhappy at home because her parents wouldn't let her see jeremy so first she lied and said when she came home, she just found her family slaughtered and had no idea. Then later she said that she had no idea she, her family was dead, but that she thinks that Jeremy was the murderer. Jeremy, on the other hand, confessed immediately that he did kill Mark and Deborah, but he says he did not kill Jacob. He said that Jasmine wanted to kill Jacob. And that while he was downstairs doing the parents, that she was upstairs. And then later she describes uh, him standing in the doorway watching while she stabbed her little brother to death and slit his throat. She said Why? she had to do that because it would be cruel to leave him alive with no parents. Wow. hmm Yeah. So the motive was Love. I guess, and that was the plan. So, the night of the slayings, after they killed them both, they went and watched uh, "Natural Born Killers," that happened to be uh, Jeremy's favorite movie. That's a movie Gross. about teenage lovers who murder nine murdered nine people in 1958. Right. Is, Jeremy referred to it as his favorite love story. Yeah. Oh
1: my. God god these psychopaths wow Mm -hmm.
0: so in 2008 jeremy was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison he will be eligible for parole after serving 25 years that was in 2008
1: oh boy yeah he was young he could get out
0: oh yeah (sighs) yeah but jasmine she was really shielded from harsh penalties canadian law does not allow uh someone her age to be sentenced to more than 10 years yeah so she was incarcerated uh first uh, for four years in a mental health facility and then six more years elsewhere where she uh, was going to college online we got finished up high school, was going to college online and was released in 2016.
1: That is really, really scary.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And is believed to still be living in Canada and has changed her identity and is just trying to put a new life together for herself. And the community is pretty split on it. Yeah. So, The judge, uh, as they were releasing her, told her, I think your parents and brother would be proud of you. Clearly, you cannot undo the past. You can only live each day with the knowledge you can control how you behave and what you do each day. And the prosecutor as well had said that they feel like Jasmine has shown a lot of remorse. Uh, They said, I think we need to give her a second chance because of the age she was. The thing I think most about is how will she continue on with her life with that being a part of her past? Yeah, indeed, right? Yeah, how
1: do you go forward knowing that you
0: murdered your whole family? Yep. Her attorney said, we are seeing that she's in the community. She's starting to get her feet on the ground and build a new life for herself. Society should be satisfied with the fact that the system worked in this case. As far as we can tell. Oh, well, anyway, they're saying that. Uh, uh,
1: well, it seems a little soon to make that prediction. Uh-huh.
0: Yep. Yes. And yeah, I mean, so they're calling it a uh, rehabilitation success story. And
1: how do they know she's rehabilitated? I mean, because she hasn't killed anybody since 2008,
0: six, but. Oh, six. Yeah, right. I, I know. This is a hard one because, yes, on one hand, she was obviously really heavily influenced by right. an adult who clearly uh, is a madman,
1: yeah. you
0: know. I uh, but still, a twelve-year-old that hatches a plan to murder her parents and that by her own hand murders her eight-year-old brother. Right. Wow. So she, she but, easily
1: crossed the line from victim to perpetrator.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So it is my dearest hope that she is rehabilitated and that she is putting together a life where she can uh, just be a useful part of society and, you know, has recovered from all of this and also uh, rehabilitated. But yikes. But it scares me, too, that Jeremy could be out. I mean, that was in 2008. So he could be out in the 2030s at some point.
1: That's terrifying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's terrifying because she will be an adult. Yeah. Therefore, they cannot keep
0: them apart. No. <sighs> no. What they actually the let reason? them write letters to each other from jail. In the U.S., they would not be allowed to do that.
1: Oh, no. No, no, no. Because no, they were co-conspirators.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. The whole thing, I think, is so really terrifying. So she still has contact with him? I don't know that she does now, but in the beginning she did, yeah.
1: Wow. Oh, yeah, that's concerning.
0: I think so, too, yeah. So there's a book that was written by Robert Remington and Sherry Zickfuss
1: mm.
0: called Runaway Devil. How Forbidden Love Drove a 12-year-old to Murder Her Family and- Runaway Devil, man, that name. Right,
1: is it right there?
0: It, I mean, it is. She was very taken with Jeremy. I mean, the Soul Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Ugh. However, uh, so this is Jeremy in his goth form, right? Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> this is Jeremy in his mug <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not nearly as
0: intimidating, I have to say. <laughs> kind of a scroungy little weirdo, there, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that is a great description—a scrunchy little weirdo.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, she is known as Canada's youngest killer, and the courts uh, in the in Canada, you, the, the media can't report on you know the name of a juvenile, which is you know. Right. Uh, not totally similar in the u.s i mean we hear names of juveniles like ethan crumbly and others you know but yeah. they had to refer to her by her initials jr so a mm-hmm. lot of uh reports from canada just refer to her as jr uh but our understanding is that she's changed her name entirely now which i mean you'd have to i think you would you'd have to, have to. you yeah. so. she did live in a halfway house for several years i mean And then we lost I mean, you just
1: for a second there.
0: I saw that. So uh, you, you, think you said like she'd been in a half Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you think about a 12 year old that uh, then lives in jail for 10 years and gets released. That's you miss a lot of learning about life, right? Just learning how to yeah. live, how to wash yeah. clothes, how to cook food, how to how to work, how to, you know, take care of yourself. So she did live in a halfway house for, I think, the last five years of her sentence and, mm. you know, preparing her for an adult, because not only are you going to be hitting adulthood and getting out, well, without parents to fall back on, thanks yeah. to you, but mm. also without any life skills. And so wow. that was the the hope was to rehabilitate her in a way that she could step out into society and, you know, and make it without a life of crime. So anyway. So, there you have it. I was actually down the rabbit hole of looking at some of the world's youngest killers, and I have a segment for our Tuesday episode that is about the youngest serial killer in the world. Oh, God. Okay. Interesting stuff. So, Christy, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for a news update, a true crime news update. Yes.
1: So there is an update in the case of the Torso Killer. So the Torso Killer, we've talked about him on here before, Richard Cottingham, Mm -hmm. and he was active from 1967 to 1980, where he drowned, strangled, raped, and dismembered his victims. So he's 75 years old now, and he's in prison in New Jersey for six murders between 1967 and 1980. Well... On Wednesday, he was charged with another murder. That was the 1968 murder of Diane Cusick, who was 23. She was Mm -hmm. from New Hyde Park, New York. And her body was discovered bound with duct tape. And she was strangled and left inside her own car at the Green Acres Mall parking lot in Long Island. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So uh, her daughter said, I never thought I'd see this day. Um, I had given up, but all these people got justice for me and my mother, and she, mm-hmm. so she's pretty pleased. You know, at least finally, yeah. You know,
0: there's, there's an answer.
1: Answer, yeah. And we, we've been seeing a lot of this lately, and this mm-hmm. generally is to do with DNA, um, because the DNA technology has gotten so much better that we're seeing yeah. all these old serial killers get a lot more applied to them. So, mm-hmm. um, just glad to hear it. Glad for her family at least yeah. they have some closure about what happened and who did it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if closure is really a thing. But at least I think for most people, the not knowing is the worst. And yeah. so now for her daughter, she at least knows. Well, good. So lots of good Boo. updates happening lately. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just glad to um, be seeing these unsolved cases getting worked through. And I yeah. just hope we get to a point where we just don't have unsolved cases anymore, you know, Right. where they get solved at the time. Yeah. Wishful thinking on my part, I'm sure.
0: I mean, it seems like there's always going to be vanished people, but mm-hmm. it'd be neat if there wasn't, for sure. Right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, there you have it. That is our Monday case. So we'll be back tomorrow with a Tuesday edition. We'll be back Mm -hmm. on Wednesday for our Wednesday episode, Wednesday night case updates, and then Thursday night, the psychic hour. So just still so much more good to come here at True Crime Paranormal. Thanks so much for being here. Go do something good for yourself. You sure do deserve it. We appreciate it, guys. Have Mm -hmm. a good one. Bye.